Welcome to Woke World with Rogan Josh and Hanecdote. This ain't going to be your typical brother-sister conversation. <laughs> it's a win. Just before we get stuck in, I want to shout out Nando's for letting us use their recording studio in Soho. If you're a young creative, you can book online to use the space too. So, um, we're, we're finally kind of getting to the place where we can actually record a podcast between me and my sister. Uh, the inspiration behind this podcast is to kind of give a platform uh, for the type of conversations that me and Hannah have because there are times where we can just talk and talk and talk about God knows what, uh, any random things. If I've, if I've rolled in drunk or and had a still laugh and, I've, and we have a chat or if it's just in the middle of the day and we're both sober. <laughs> um, so this is kind of our platform where we can like share those conversations with you. We found that we've created a really honest and open environment where we can both grow and learn from each other without judgment. So we think that we could have some really interesting, maybe awkward conversations that you wouldn't really hear from a brother and sister, usually. Uh, the first topic of our podcast, just after the holiday season, is going to be talking about favouritism in families. It's something I've tweeted about before, and I've got quite a lot of response from it, actually. And I feel like it's a worthy topic um, to discuss, especially because both of us have totally different experiences yet we're brother and sister which i think they're polar opposite experiences almost so yeah we wanted to get started with family favoritism so you have some tweets that you've tweeted yourself that you're going to read out yeah so as a starting point last year i think it was the end of last year i tweeted i think this needs to be said especially with immigrant and people of color families don't chase acceptance or love from elders who have neglected you If you've been the child or younger in a situation where you've been loved less or left out and felt like the black sheep, you're amazing as is. It's not your responsibility or fault that you got treated differently. You shouldn't have to choose love. You shouldn't have to chase love growing up that you didn't get, which you should have got naturally. So instantly from those tweets, without going too deep into it, (laughs) how do you feel from those? From those tweets? Yeah. What, What has drawn you to tweet? those tweets um i think feeling like the black sheep my whole life and not looking forward to like family holidays every single year Mm. i think it's only the past two years and especially this year where i've i felt comfortable and i I wasn't dreading like christmas and new years it's only been recently that it's kind of changed because you're coming out of that age where you're young i mean i'm an i'm obviously an adult but also like you know my cousins and aunt and uncle and my mum and dad and you support me so anyone that doesn't whether they're in in our family or not it doesn't feel as harsh because I have the support because I'm obviously doing some amazing stuff Mm -hmm. and I have the support of like my family other than maybe grandparents so I think that's eased the pain a bit this year and last year but growing up probably 20 years of spent like every year not really understanding where I fit in in the family or thinking why am I different yeah Which isn't a nice feeling and it's very difficult to shake off as well because you're completely questioning your identity and where you fit in from a young age. Yeah. Which is horrible as a child. Like it's not nice to think of like younger me being sad or any young young person that doesn't feel like they belong in their own family or wider family. I'm I'm, you know. Well, this is the thing, like 
because we're kind of coming out of that young stage of our lives now, um, when we were younger, it was very much we felt like we had to do stuff to gain acceptance from older generations or, you know, impress. It's You always want to impress when you're a kid. Yeah. But I think what we've come to learn, or you've come to learn, and you always tell me and we always talk about it, mm. is that um, it wasn't our... It's not our job to... to Seek that out. Yeah. You, you always say... What's the thing you always say? Like, it's their job to kind yeah. of... It's your it's the older it's your older relative's responsibility to care and love you. Yeah. It's not a child's responsibility to chase that love, which is something I learned in counseling like 4 years ago maybe. Mm. That was something that really stuck with me at counseling was that it's ultimately not on the the, the younger person's shoulders to chase that because probably they're not going to get that love. Like you could do everything and not get that validation and acceptance from them. Yeah. You know it may also be an issue of not understanding. I think we're going to talk about cultural impact a bit later. I feel like, especially being a creative, they don't understand my achievements yeah. as achievements because they can't understand them. They may not be monetary or they may not There's be no like... quantity to yeah, it, exactly. necessarily. It's on a different trajectory yeah. than what they would have hoped for, which was academic, which is a lot the same for a lot of immigrant families. But anyway, we'll talk about and, that a bit later. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So we were going to go on to talk about feelings really i think yeah i feel like growing up me, me and you within asian families boys are are kind of on a pedestal anyway yeah so so it's it's a weird one because you know whenever you go to family events uh the boy or i guess me in the <laughs> in this instance is kind of held on a pedestal and the, the example of that is you know whenever whenever we see family or um, even see family that we've never met before, it's always like, oh, let's get a picture with the boys. Um, <laughs> That's so but true. But there's never, there's, there's never been an equivalent with the girls, which I've always found odd. Uh, and I guess it's just whatever. There could be uh, other external reasons for that, but it seems to be very much like the, you know, these are, these are the, the guys. And Did you notice that growing up, even when you were younger, um, that dynamic? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's always it's always important because I guess it's very traditional mm. thoughts to have the guy as doing something. It's just the patriarchy, really. It's mm. just family patriarchy in this case. The females, you know, I guess within Asian... Within Asian culture, fem mm. females are kind of considered as housewives. Yeah, or submissive. Yeah, yeah, definitely submissive. So... And our mum does not fit that category, so that's... Not at all. <laughs> I love that, though. Um, so it's been not a problem for me, but I guess as I've gotten older, and when I was younger it wasn't a problem, but as I've gotten older I can I can realise it now and see it and then kind of pick it apart and think that it's odd. It's not but fair. for you, did mm -hmm. it feel a particular way? Well, I think I felt very different from you and our other cousins. Just I felt, like, very misunderstood. Mm. And I, even with you, like, I didn't want to impact your opinion on this wider family because of my of how I felt or how I was treated. And you don't want to impact theirs as well. And you I don't, don't want to impact, impact anyone. anyone's yeah. because, you know, I don't want to make anyone feel as awful as I felt, honestly. like, But it's a big deal. It's, it's, th this rejection early on is really tied into my mm -hmm. confusion with my identity, 100%, because I feel a lack of being Guyanese, yeah. which is purely based on not 
being close with my Guyanese family yeah. that are around. So, so and when that's reason. not your fault, you know, it creates so much confusion. And I st- I'm still confused now, but obviously I'm an adult, so I have more power to research myself mm. or create bonds with other family members or you know there's lots of there are lots more things that I can do now luckily as an adult that exactly means I'm supported especially but even with you like it got to a certain point where we were able to have this discussion because Mm. obviously I don't want to bring it up to you and you be like no I've not that's not how they've treated me and you may not have seen it but as soon as I mentioned like oh this is how I've been feeling or this is how I've been treating treated if we're in that family situation all it takes is for you to look at me in one of those yeah. moments and I, I'm, I'm, I don't feel alone I feel like the situation has been acknowledged and also we'll premeditate if something may, may be said in jest and yeah. then we you know turn around a joke that may have been at my expense at another time but we you know something to look over or yeah. whether it's something to kind of actually pipe up about yeah and be exactly like, oh, okay, it's, good, it's just good to have someone else's judgment and support yeah. there so as an artist how do you feel um, your profession i guess we can call it a profession i'm hoping because yeah um how do you feel it is taken going back to what we were saying um within families because obviously it's not the -the run-of-the-mill um job it's not necessarily high profile until your art is is high profile yeah so where where do you kind of see yourself it's really with that within the family i mean it's really bizarre because i'm an embroiderer and embroidery is like there's so much history of embroidery in India. Mm. Our family is, uh, their ancestors are from India. So I feel that real, like, it's in my blood to embroider and mm. to sew. And all my work is about my identity. So when I'm, like, drawing myself as a goddess, which I'm d- done for this new piece, in an alternative universe, I know that they would be really proud of me if they understood what I was trying to do, the importance of what I'm trying to say. Mm. In this universe, they probably just wanted me to be academic. But... At New Year's, mum's dad asked, like, you know, is this your job? Like, is this what you want to do forever? And, yeah. I'm, you know, I hope I hope it is. And I feel like him just asking that is him taking it seriously because I don't think he has probably taken it mm. or understood it, you know. that I totally get it, though, because a lot of immigrant families, like all of our family that have come here, they've come here, worked council jobs or, yeah. or at the post office or other, you know, jobs like that. And they just want us to be okay. They just want us to be able to, you know... Well, I think Build they needed security and they, yeah, they, exactly. within a job and it was very easy, or not easy, but to get a job like that and mm. stay in it and have and keep it secure. Um, whereas I guess we're... There's so at, many less opportunities for those jobs now as mm. well. Because um, everything's just shifting from, you know, your normal nine-to-five job to kind of like having on-the-go projects or even a part-time job and on-the-go projects, especially for a creative. Yeah, it's true. Everyone has their own hustles, Mm. a couple hustles at one time even. So... In a weird roundabout way, I feel like it connects me to them, but I don't think they really fully understand. I mean, even on Christmas Day, like, I told them, like, oh, I did some illustrations, or mum's told them I did some illustrations for a French magazine. Mm. And, like their face is just so blank but mum was just like they don't understand what it means yeah like you can't take it you can't take it be upset about it because they just don't get what it means they don't get the magnitude whereas aunt my aunt does my other aunt does you guys do you know grandma does like it's it's which i appreciate i guess it's sometimes you want to be like oh just focus on the positive interactions Mm. but 
I really can't stress enough, like, when you grow up not understanding why you're being left out, like, that just does a number on your psyche. On your emotions. Yeah. Emotionally, how does that make you make you feel? Because even though you're not necessarily wanting to seek acceptance from these kind of people, the, the yeah. elders in your family, um, I think naturally you always are trying to seek acceptance. I'm such a and sensitive it, flower, mm. honestly. Like, I do want to be loved. I won't dwell on it if I'm not, but I, do, you know, it's your family. But saying that, you know, I'm just, I just feel lucky that we've had mum. Mm-hmm. That is, she's so, she's so loving. She would never treat me or you differently. Yeah. She would never make one of us feel. She makes our cat feel a bit more special than us now. <laughs> I will say that. If you're listening, mum, you do, you do favour me a little bit, but that's okay. We love yeah. her. <laughs> um, but she was able to do that by distancing herself from. Um, Guyanese culture yeah, and which I is feel a like sad thing. So yeah, she's lost been, her identity as well exactly and in turn we have I guess lost that Guyanese identity because yeah. that, that side of the family has kind of almost been shut off for us and we um, only just met a lot of them this year in New Jersey which was so nice and yeah. it was actually really emotional just to meet family members that you've not ever met before that are your same age mm. and that you really connect with and you know, from across the Atlantic Ocean, you know that you're not alone. Are having similar, like, identity... Crises. Yeah. Crises. Crises. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> are, and it's just, like, warming in the heart to know that you've got family that are experiencing it just the same as you. And it's actually probably even more heartwarming that you've never met them before and they are experiencing within, it because it's like... And that they share it within a day or two of yeah. meeting you. That That's how... You know, I feel like, especially with, you know, having an immigrant family, like you're you're kind of, you're wanting to be part of the culture mm. while also disagreeing with a lot of cultural and religious, you know, traditions yeah. or ideas. So it's it can be frustrating because you want to feel part of that culture, but then there's so many parts of culture that you disagree with. But mm. that's a very complex issue, which is tied to colonialism <laughs> probably and imperialism and yeah. stuff i feel like the guyanese identity is i won't speak for other people maybe they're not confused but i have a couple people that have reached out to me on instagram about being guyanese do say that it is a confusion because there's so many different ethnicities that have passed through there mm. and just anyway that's another topic of of podcast if we were to talk about mental health now mm. um you know, obviously you're a big advocate for mental health, as am I. Mm. Uh, and how has having mental health issues yourself impacted this whole situation? Because if we go back to, like, cultural stigma, I mm. guess. I mean, there's a general stigma on mental health, but, I mean, within culture, yeah, more our so culture... with people of colour, because they would have had to struggle through poverty, mm. you know, moving country being displaced they don't acknowledge what trauma can do even generational trauma has is a real thing like i haven't read too much about it but you know you're it makes sense like you're coming from a place of hurt and oppression it's it makes sense that your younger relatives are going to feel it in some way in or shape or form but yeah they wouldn't acknowledge mm. mental illness necessarily because it's sort of just you know get up get on with it yeah you know we're just got to be fed and a shelter over your head that's what matters which obviously i'm so grateful for but you know mental illness does not discriminate against anyone Mm. no matter what your color or your 
And I guess as a family, that kind of alienated us in some respect because, again, culturally, it was kind of not respected and not they didn't want to be a part of it necessarily. So we were left to kind of deal with it ourselves. Whereas if we had a wider support um, system... I mean, it would always be great to have a wider support system. Yeah, I think with that, it probably just... Yeah, widen the gap between us, really. And they definitely saw it as kind of like a phase. Like, oh, that was just Hannah's dark phase. Mm. But I think it also gave them more reason to, like, feel like I'm the outsider. But I kind of like it because it means that I take the bullet, I feel like, of the cousin's naughtiness sometimes. Yeah. Like, if there's mischief going on, I'll get the blame. But I don't mind because they, you know, I'll take it because yeah. that's what they think of me. I know I'm not like that. And my cousins and brother know I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I do think, yeah, they think that I'm a bit too naughty, probably, compared to you and the cousins. With all that being said, I wanted to talk about respect and respect, respecting your elders. Um, The famous saying, respect your elders. Um, We've got, or I've got an opinion on that, especially through our own experiences, you know, um, respecting your elders shouldn't necessarily just be expected I, I feel like respect is a two-way street um, and it should be reciprocated at all times but once it's expected then I, then respect is lost it's just annoying like respect should be earned like I understand like with certain people you will have a le- certain level of respect automatically mm. just because if you're a nice person but it's when it's forced on you with older people that especially have really bad opinions or like so you're walking down the street and <laughs> that that famous kind of situation where you're walking towards someone and you don't know which side to go let's say if it's you and an old person um and they don't move out the way do you move out the way i move out the way every time i move really. out the way all the time as well but principally you want them to just move yeah, over a little bit exactly just so i can be like okay there was mutual respect there but sometimes i feel like and maybe this isn't just with older people, well, but um, they kind of expect the younger person to move aside. From a girl's point of view, I think a lot of girls feel that way about boys. Like, yeah. boys will feel like they have right of place. Right. With that old people analogy, though, like, I was literally forced to walk in the road because an old lady wouldn't yeah. budge over on the between the bus stop and the, the path. And, you know, we're not expecting you to, you know, jump today. off the curb and, like, be all sprightly because we understand that it's not... Uh, necessarily in your capability. people would just say like oh just do you're young like just walk around yeah. why are you complaining but I guess that's there's a wider analogy there that is just an example of something menial yeah but there are there are loads of other situations where you know respect is expected with your elders but I just feel like it needs to be reciprocated and not like thought of as just that's how it is it should be mutual yeah mutual I don't know if like Obviously, I respect mum and dad so much, but I also, like, we can just talk to them on a level. Mm. Like, I wouldn't want to create an environment where there has to be that forced level of respect because it just seems like it's not. there's not a warmth there. Like, you can respect someone and have a loving relationship, but it feels like maybe in our situation, like, there's forced respect, mm. but also, like, we disagree with a lot of their opinions. So it's like, I don't really respect, respect it. <laughs> like, I just don't. <laughs> I guess we'll debut a segment of the show that we're going to call What's Keeping Us Awake at Night. Um, yeah, the pun is there, woke and awake. 
But um, today we were going to be talking about sexism within the music industry and specifically the wireless lineup, which we should kind of get up just so we can see. Ultimately, there are three w- women on the original lineup. I don't know if is that the full lineup that's been announced because it looks like it. I'm sure it they'll they'll full. announce. Yeah, it it always looks kind of full. They'll always pack it out a bit more towards the add a few more artists. But it just there's three women artists on there, and it's a bit of a joke, really. Except it's not funny. <laughs> so currently, if I get the lineup here. Oh, God, the website isn't that too... Oh, no, okay, it's easy to navigate. So, three female artists. Mabel is one. Cardi B? Cardi B is the other. Is the other one Steph London or no? No, it's not Steph London, but you'd think. Oh, God, I can't see. Cardi B, Mabel, and Lisa Mercedes. Yeah, I've heard of... I think I've listened to some Lisa Mercedes. Anyway. So what we were going to kind of go into is whether, you know, that was done on purpose, um, if the if they genuinely thought that female musicians weren't good enough to be on the lineup, mm. or whether it was just a lack of, you know... They were offered, but didn't t- they didn't take it. Did you already say that? No. But, I mean, what do you think? I think it's probably sexist, fundamentally. Because so many women artists have been having amazing years. Mm. There's been... There's some there's some male artists on that lineup. I don't want to assume, but not to take away from Rams and his Barking Tune, which has reached number two in the yeah, official charts, two, which is amazing. Against Eminem and Drake and well, stuff. Well, Drake like, just came in oh, and Drake, went straight to okay. number one. So that well, I think that just took it away from him. But, but still, that is amazing in mm. himself. I don't know about the rest of his body of work if he hasn't a lot of, a big body of work to um He's a young guy, so I don't I don't believe that it to warrant being on stage more than for example IMDDB, yeah. who has put out three sick projects, mm. has been repping Manchester worldwide this year. She's been doing some amazing stuff. You know, even within London, there are so many women MCs, vocalists that it would be an honour to play at, li- at yeah, wireless. Especially in London. It's, that's a big Park. London festival. And, you know, the, the genre of music fits so many musician, women musicians that are really just doing amazing stuff this year. Mm. I mean, I ultimately, like looking at other even other lineups for genres, this is, it looks pretty similar that the ratio to women is just not, not up there. And, you know, male bands and male performers are being booked repeatedly year yeah. after year. It's not a matter of, you know, oh, we had them last year, mm. so let's not have them this year. You know, I'm sure the 1975 are going to be doing... I don't know why that example came to my head, because Molly likes Molly's him. not going <laughs> to like what you say <laughs> But, next. you know, no, I'm sure they're going to get repeated lineups, and yeah. other big big bands are going to get, um, get put on stage multiple mm. years in a row. Um, so even that excuse of, oh, there are a lot of women last year or whatever, it wouldn't... I don't think it's good enough. Do you think, like a matter of scheduling would come into it. You know, is it just too convenient that a lot of female artists' schedules couldn't cater for wireless? Um, Ray Black said that she was offered and mm. she turned it down, I don't know whether for other scheduling, like a scheduling clash. Mm. But I just highly doubt that out of all of the women 
MCs and vocalists and everything else, DJs even, that they were busy, busy yeah. on those days. I mean, Steph London has had a massive year, and you'd think that she'd be on there definitely. Hundred percent. Um, because I guess when it comes to festivals, it's all about drawing ticket sales. Yeah. And obviously, wireless just sold out ridiculously Pretty immediately quick. After, yeah. Um, this year, so I, that would that's not a problem. But um, you know, that, that's still a big draw to have someone like Steph London, Ray Black. Um, the other thing that I was talking about with you earlier was that Little Sims was putting on a festival type. Is it at Roundhouse? Yeah, yeah, it's at she Roundhouse. She did it last year, I think. And um, you know how we, I I know that scheduling can get worse and worse as the bigger you get, mm. but um, how easy it was for her to kind of organise an event where most of the lineup is women of colour. Yeah, that's the thing. There are women killing it right now. Mm. There's Including really not Lil an Sims. excuse. It exactly, Lil Sims is underappreciated in this place as well. I highly rate her because I feel like she just does not adhere to any like beauty standards or style standards like she dresses how she wants to dress mm. and that's comfy and swaggy at the same time but anyway that's just off topic <laughs> that's a usual that is a, a live well I guess not live but um <laughs> anecdote from anecdote just Thanks, there bro. <laughs> that's where the name originated from i wanted to throw a curveball at you today because we haven't discussed it and it may not get discussed in depth but i just see and this this does keep me awake at night literally because i just always think why do so many people have canada goose jackets have you noticed that um i haven't noticed myself personally i don't know if i know what a canada goose jacket looks like but i have heard they're super expensive and bear man have them so So it's like it's probably something it's a big winter jacket right and um, it is got goose down in it, yeah. and then the fur around the hood yeah. is coyote fur. Because I did oh, a bit of research. Is it really coyote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all ethically sourced, so I mean, roadkill and stuff. Uh, that people still find problems with that. They don't find a problem with that personally. I, I kind of do, but then I don't want to be a hypocrite because there are some other aspects in my life where I'll have like leather a leather jacket or something yeah but you bought it for one pound that's true I did buy it for one pound so it was a bit of a bargain but um what was I gonna say like how can you justify having an 800 pound to a thousand pound jacket on your body walking around I mean I think they're fake do you I think they're wearing fake ones yeah if they're that expensive but are they actually that warm because if I'd spend that much money to be warm I really would You'd you'd spend it on like a hotel. You so for for eight hundred quid, how many nights in a hotel can you get? Cheapest hotel. Proper twenty pound hotel. I'm not. I'm not. How, like you're gonna be warm. I don't have high standards. Yeah, but I mean, out and about, being warm on road. Yeah. But you're in a duvet, just going about your business. I just wanted because everybody's got them now, so I just wanted to kind of see what you thought about it. I'm in I London all the time noticed. as well, just for work. I don't really leave so the house. So I see them a lot, a lot. And I'm just like, how how are all of these people affording these jackets? Yeah, it's probably fake. No offence to them. Wembley marketing. Yeah, probably. Although I've never been to Wembley market. I have. What's it like there? It's a market. 
But why, why is it like the famous kind of place fake for fake stuff? stuff? I don't know. I don't, I'm not a supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever got anything from there? Yeah, I got a fake Zippo. So that had Superman logo Fake on Ralphie? No. Okay, so round up. Do your little end of... All right, so thank you for listening to Woke World, the first episode official that's going to go out on iTunes. We'll be coming back at the end of every month with a new conversation topic to kind of spring from, so... It might get even more awkward than this, by the way. Just getting... This wasn't very awkward, but we probably will talk about safe sex and... The main, the main goal, I think, of this podcast is to try and normalise taboo conversations between brothers and sisters. Why are you saying that as if we've not been discussing that beforehand and you've just only come up with that idea now, like at the end of... But that's what we want to do, so it, it, it can get a bit messy. This has kind of been a bit tame to start off with, but we hope to talk about more controversial or things that will create a bit of awkwardness between me and Hannah but we be difficult because we talk about a lot of stuff and and Mm. but we're super open so we kind of can have conversations about this without there being the sort of cringe or oh no no I don't want to talk about it don't want to talk about it kind of but even in our family like dad does get a bit awkward about certain things but mum we can talk to about I can talk to about pretty much anything yeah and that's like health stuff awkward body stuff emotions sex anything like you know, if you can't talk to your parents or your family about stuff, it's it's not the best environment to be in. But mm. I know that a lot of families don't harbour that or have that environment. And yeah. actually, I feel like, obviously, we all got along and stuff, but after I got really depressed and shook our whole family up, mm. like, we basically had to rebuild. So yeah. I feel like what we are now is as, like, we've really worked for the openness and, like, the, the honesty that we... And the trust that we have in each other as well, mm. that we won't... I don't know, that whatever we say is safe with that person. But now we're sharing those conversations with whoever wants to listen. Yeah. So, yeah, again, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on the last day of every month talking more controversies. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mroganjosh, spelt M-M-M-R-O-G-A-N-J-O-S-H and at Hanecdote, and join the conversation using hashtag WokeWorld. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.